also to point your toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher. I'm your host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. And we will be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths. However, to keep the identity of our students and companies we work for safe, we won't be mentioning them by name. And if we do, they will be changed. Danielle has left us this week to go point her toes with her family for Thanksgiving. So we have a special guest, uh, one of my former students, Colin Lemoyne here. Introduce Hi, yourself, Colin. I'm Colin Lemoyne. I just recently moved to the city two months ago. Oh God, it's two months. Yay. So uh, share your Instagram or your social medias with everyone so they can find you. Um, I am on Instagram at Colin with one L, C-O-L-I-N underscore Lemoyne, L-E-M-O-I-N-E. Ooh, I got it right on the script. I spelled it right yes. and I was like, I don't know if this is how you spell it. And you can also go to my website, which is www.colinlemoyne.com. Nice. So the reason why I wanted to bring Colin on for this week's episode is, one, Danielle left us. Ugh. But secondly, a lot of the guests we've brought on the show, and me and Danielle, like, we've been in the industry for a very long time. Um, we've been in the city for a very long time. Actually, like I said, I believe we talked about it on the episode a few weeks ago. I celebrated my five-year anniversary in New York City, um, and Danielle's been here longer than me. So, like, our perspective is from late twenty-somethings that we do work with kids of all ages, and we do choreograph with kids of all ages, be like young professionals like Colin or younger or older. But we wanted to kind of get the perspective of someone that's new to the city and how things are different. Um, and so, for this week's episode, we want to talk about college life versus professional life and the differences between. So the first thing I want to talk about is like when you go to an audition, how do you feel versus college versus professional? How do you feel they, excuse me, they teach the material? Do you feel like they teach it faster or slower? Do you feel like? Well, in college, I find that depending on what, if it's a dance show, they will often, if they're keeping the dancers in college, mm -hmm. they'll try and teach it fast as a learning opportunity, but everybody in the room kind of understands that this is a learning opportunity, yeah. and so they will be lenient, because if nobody's getting it, they can just slow down, it's college, we're here to learn. But in the real world, it's quick, and it's quick because it's just quick. <laughs> well, it's, it's quick because time is money, and so the longer the rehearsal process, like producers don't make money on rehearsals. So producers don't want to be in rehearsals for very long. So I, it took me literally graduating and working professionally to realize that like, oh, they don't make money on rehearsals. So that's why rehearsals are never longer than two or three weeks ever, just because they don't make any money up. They want us open and butts in the seats. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. And the, also just even in the audition space, they, uh, I was in an audition today where they had guys and there were 50 guys that they had and they needed to get down to like eight by the end of it and they well, like they had girls coming in like mm, in an yep. hour so they they gotta go fast because you only have the studio like if they have the studio for eight hours guys are the first four ladies are the second four that's it like that we don't have time to do it's just yeah that's very true so um, we kind of talked about some stuff before we recorded. You mentioned about like how the when learning choreo for or like learning 
prepping, not prepping for auditions, that choreographers tend to be in college are typically like more caring about people's feelings. And like you said, some of the auditions here, you felt like they were like very kind about like how they were going about cutting people. I, when I, in college, all that they talk about is how scary the city's going to be. Yeah. Which I don't think is always the case. That's true. In school, like, there are a lot of nice people here. Yeah. And a lot of kind souls in the rooms as well. So, and I, I know in college, they'll often, like, they, they would often teach a simple combo for everybody because all of you are auditioning at the same time, the singers of the, the program, the dancers of the program, mm-hmm. which you should be everything because be yes. you. You should be the best yes. at each thing that you can be the best at. Um, but they, they would teach you that simple combo and then they kind of know the extra things that you can do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a formality because they have you in class every day. They know who they want as the dancers in the show you can wow them mm-hmm. and impress a teacher but they also they're like on this journey with you so they know where you're supposed to be and where you're going to land in the city i've found that they often will teach a simple part of a combo that's not too long mm-hmm. which makes it easy to remember and it's not the most difficult movements and so then they'll make the first cut from there based on people that they can see like clearly get the style of the piece and have technique yeah but if you if you're not at that level yet it's not stressful because you're not feeling like you don't get anything you can do the movements and mm-hmm. you're like oh i know what i need to work on from this audition you don't feel like you are <laughs> totally behind and lost well that's so funny just as as a choreographer that i know for me that comes from i don't not everyone is a dancer. Not everyone is a dancer. And so I don't want to... Not everyone has that discipline of dance training. Like, I know it's always funny when I end up getting, like, actors that are asked to do, like, a basic step touch. They will be terrified. They'll be terrified of, like, step touching on a beat. And I'd be like, you can totally do it. It's totally fine. And I'm very... I know that I'm very, like, soft on them versus someone that's like, oh, I've had, like... 20 plus years of dance training. I just, I shouted out at them. I grilled them because I'm like, if you had any kind of dance training, you're used to that kind of harsh discipline mm-hmm. that I know, like, so me barking out, like, dance moves at you or counts at you is not going to face you at all versus someone that's like, I move slightly and I sing. So I get that. that and, makes they, sense. and they don't need everybody at that call. Not all the people on the show is are going to wind up being your dancer dancers. Oh, of course not. Yeah. And so it's good to especially with like summer stock jobs like we were talking about. Yeah. You need your variety of people. But so and then often in the city they'll then make the first cut and they'll bring back the people that they think have the technique mm-hmm. after watching it and they'll teach you they'll add on. Yeah. Which is like an extra little complication for you because now you have a long piece that you had time to like mm-hmm. go over but like you are you you get a lot of material thrown at you and you have to remember a lot and that's when they will you don't feel like college you're i want to say you're a college but yes you're a college we're talking about your college experience but do you feel like colleges don't do that or that was well in class that would be an occasional thing but in auditions because they didn't make dance cuts yeah. They just taught us the single combo 
Uh-huh. And it once they in New York once they teach you something, you can comprehend that and you can add on to it, and yeah. it can wind up being like a minute and a half long mm-hmm. dance call. After once you're on the third round, because yeah. you've been working on that all day, which is an acceptable thing, and it's also just like a test to see if you are going into the room and keeping your head in the game and staying present and wanting this. I've had a, I've had a four hour dance call. They made six cuts. Six? No, it might have been four. Four or six? I can't remember. Because there was like one or two like really small cuts. It was like just one. The minute we start doing like te- more technical stuff, they were like, "Yeah, you you're not capable." So they just kind of like cut two or three people that were not keeping up in the learning of it. So like dance call, I think that's dance calls in the city get long. Yeah, like I, they get long. I went to one three or three years ago in the city where they had. It was from nine to six. I was there. Uh. And they uh-huh. taught us four dances. Uh-huh. They taught the guys four dances by like one, and then the girls were still doing some stuff. And so we were told to come back at like two thirty or three. And then we thought we were just gonna sing, but they were like, "Oh, there's a new person in the room. We're just gonna do all four in a row." Yep. And it was yeah. Like, That's basically what happened to us what too. What's going on? <laughs> well, cause the first, the first, the first three combos we learned were like. Basic music, theater, jazz, with like hard technique wise, but then like the fourth combo was tap. So that's what happened to us is that like another person came into the room there. It's like, he just wants to see everything. I know we were going to tap in the afternoon, but like, let's just see everything. And it's like, great. So after like learning a tap combo, my feet are dying. I had to put sneakers back on and like go through all like, cool. That's yeah. what I want. And the yeah. girls are in heels because they've intermixed us. It was guys and girls. So the girls are in heels doing this combo too and like bouncing back and forth between tap shoes and heels and I'm just like, they hate us all. Yeah, that's, but you also like, good segue, talking about cuts in general. Cuts don't have, like I kind of forgot this, cuts don't really happen in educational settings in general, really. They would, they tr- I think that some schools are trying to like add them in in classes as like a learning curve, but yeah, they don't, they, like if they're doing it, they're like, if we were doing this audition, yeah. we would cut you for this reason. But if you would have just done this differently, we probably would have kept you. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess that helps me s- mm. somehow. Uh, but it's just, you. it's not the same as like, okay, thank you, go home. Like, there's no like, yeah, you're yeah. done here. And it's not always a bad thing. Like, no. Always, like, sometimes they just are like, like, they're like, Oh, like, we know that we want to see them again in a week, and we don't need to see more stuff from them right now. Yeah. They're like, we're we're sure about you at the moment. We're yep. pretty sure. We have these other 20 guys that we're not very sure about. That's often will be what it, or they'll be, sometimes you'll get the director be like, oh, this person, we want to consider them for lead. And I was like, okay, then we can keep them around. But the, I've, I've been on that side of the table where they want my MD wanted to keep this girl around um, to see her dance more. And I was like, she has a clean double pirouette, like, and she's got good alignment. I don't, like, I don't really need to see anything else. Like, I can cast her. Like, I don't need to see, I don't need to drag her through the next three hours. No, it was like two. The next two, like, two hours. I was like, I already know everything she knew. And her resume has, like, five dance shows on it already. She's good. I'm sure she can do anything. I'm like, 
have her come to the callbacks and we can figure it out from there. I said, but like, we have more people to get through today. Why waste time? Mm-hmm. And the MD was like, well, how do you know? How do you know? I'm just like, I've been doing this for a while. Like, I, you know, like that's the one thing I can say. Choreographers typically know very quickly who's getting it and who's not getting it. And I feel like cuts are just necessary to not waste time. At least for me. That's how I feel. Um, but I wanted to keep talking. We mentioned before off air about how when you're doing college auditions, you know everyone that's in that room. And sometimes that can happen in the professional world too, but typically, you know, like, what do you feel is the bigger difference between knowing the room and not knowing the room versus college? Well, I think one of the biggest things is training with the room. Mm, And that in school... I'm training with those choreographers, mostly unless it's a guest. Yeah. I've been taking their class. I know their style. Mm-hmm. And so it's very clear what I'm going to be doing in a dance audition. It's going to be, if we're doing um, Edwin Drood, I've done her um, like cakewalk style uh-huh. combo in her class. So I can assume it's going to be from that vocabulary, which I know. In New York depending on whether or not you know the choreographer it's a very different game so if you if you there are choreographers that teach class all the time mm-hmm. and so they you can go in and you can learn their vocabulary and their style and kind of what they're looking for in their dancers in class and then that can help you a lot in an audition and if not you kind of have to go in and pick up and try to connect with them as much as you can with a new choreographer and they will either they, they'll all I, I think if you're doing your best work they'll all notice you and appreciate it mm-hmm. and it's just whether or not you fit with a new choreographer sometimes I think that's very true because what's so funny is that like a lot of the big names don't teach classes they'll do a master class every now and then but like Susan Stroman ain't teaching workshops no more. Um, Andy Blankenbuehler? Blankenbuehler? Yeah. I think I'm saying his name right. Yeah. He's another one that, like, he'll randomly pop up into a master class. Like, I have seen that because I've had a few friends be like, he's teaching a master class. Like, Everybody go. And they're always so packed. But that's because, like, you can see someone shows that they've choreographed and be like, oh, that's kind of his style, but you want to take it for yourself. And it's one of those things of just, like, that's why I, the big thing now is, like, a lot of assistants to the big names, if you can get a class with them, mm-hmm. they'll be like, this is that person's particular style. That really helps a lot. Um, yeah, it's, it's imp- they'll always have, you can look at the schools almost. It's Yes. It's, uh, they're less defined as I think they were in, if you look back on dance history, where you'd yeah. be like, oh, underneath Jerome Robbins are these, these people. three people. Oh, yeah. And underneath them are these two people each. And But now, still, everybody has a mentor. Mm. I know people from... Uh, and, like, you if you are working with those bigger-named choreographers, you'll be working with their mentees often mm-hmm. because they're the assistants or they're in the shows or they or are both. called in to sub for their classes. Yep. It's definitely, I think you're right, it's definitely those kind of schools of dance still exist because, like, one, you can just tell it. I don't know. Like, I just think from years of dance training and studying dance history, like, you can tell those kind of, like, veins of, like, 
Like, I know a Jerry Mitchell show. Like, I know Jerry Mitchell, Jerry Mitchell's choreography. I, and that's because I did workshops with him on Hairspray years ago. And you know where Randy Skinner yep. is. Like, you, you know. just know, you know certain people's style. And I know when they're going off the rocker also as well. Like, so you just kind of, once you be like, oh, this is a very, this is very, a very Jerry Mitchell. This is a very, you know, um, Sergio to something. I don't want to mess up his name, but he did. He's not Rock of Ages. Memphis. Mm-hmm. He's done like other stuff. He's done plenty of stuff since then, but I'm just blanking out again. But yeah, I definitely think those schools of thought make up a very, like, those are the things that can help you. They can help you or they can hurt you because I know that's also another thing is like some people get so comfortable with one style, they don't know how to shift to another style and that can become a problem. Some people, I, I'd often hear that, like, taking musical theater classes isn't always worth your time. But I think it's pretty important because it's nice to, like, get in and yeah. see what people are doing. Because that's how they, like, all those new upcoming choreographers, are ex- they're exp- they use class as an experiment. Oh, completely. I, it's like, I a, little du- it's like a double whammy for them because they're yeah. able to get paid for teaching you. And they're able to go see, like, what if I did um, hairspray with classical ballet? And <laughs> it, But I, I do this all the time is where, like, I have, like, you'd never just, you never know the weird, whatever, you don't, like, a lot of times, I do it all the time. I don't talk about what gigs I have coming up with, like, students in class, but sometimes I'm like, I am stuck on transitions. All right, and the combo I teach them that week will have 67 different transitions in it. And they'll be like, oh, he's trying to challenge us. No, actually, I'm just trying to figure out which of these 67 transitions is going to work on this cast that I have in about three weeks. You know, like, so it. I definitely think you're right. Like, you do, be it music theater, any type of dance style, I think you don't want to shy away from it. I also say what, what's so funny is that you'll get a lot of dancers that can't dance music theater. Because music theater is very, like, simple, super hard. Simple, super hard. Or I shouldn't say simple, but just very... No, it's simple. No, it's not comp... There will be stretches of non-complicated movement that some of the most intense dancers can't do. Like, I've seen some of the, like, prima ballerinas that can't do the basic step touch. They look so awkward in their body doing that because they're used to doing more complicated phrases. And it's just like... you. You gotta still be able to step touch. I I I assisted a class, at a ba- in a with a ballet students where we were trying to learn America, and mm-hmm. it was the hardest thing to teach because it's not mm-hmm. on any of the counts that they dance on. Yes, it's like you're trained. But all West Side Story life. is always ballet. It's, yeah, they always pull ballet dancers, but that's very true. But the, yeah, the the girls mm-hmm. doing. That's so confusing to somebody who's used to like one, two, two three, one, yep. two, three, hitting all of those graceful movements that maybe soar for a phrase mm-hmm. rather than like getting into the syncopation of a piece. Well, that I go through that all the time, one, teaching multiple styles, but particularly with your age group, is those fresh out of college kids that are just like, I'm this one thing, or I know how to do this one thing, or I do this one thing really well, and it's like, well, most... No musicals or even dance companies are one thing specific. Because even dance companies, people like 
all it takes is one choreographer to like go off on a vacation and now they're doing they want to try a whole new different type of piece and so their whole style which i won't say their whole style will change but like the accent or type of style which will change for that show and music theater choreographers again it just depends on the show that you're doing you know you get shows like hair that has country rock folk you know like or, or you're in town like you get musicals like that with, that have such a variety that it's hard to not shift and adjust your style to it the and i i feel like it's important to know your strengths yes as a performer but like also you can't let that limit your education because you should i in college often I, my whole freshman year i was told like i'm the dancer of the class and then i went to a summer program where which was kind of enlightening for me it was like a life-changing moment the i went up to sing which I found out you had to do at this dance program. And and all of us were terrified. We were all like, oh no, we don't want to do this. We're here to dance. And he asked, the person asked me why I wasn't doing, why, why I was acting nervous and why I wasn't like doing as well as I could. And I was like, this is as well as I could. And he was like, no, you're like a singer and you're a dancer and you're an actor. Mm-hmm. You can do all three. You can be the best at all three if you work on it. And that's what we that's what the world wants from you. But if you allow other people to like mm-hmm. make you just one, you're never going to get to the level that you can go to. And I find I honestly find that that is the biggest shift from college to professional, particularly in New York City is that New York City wants you to be all three at all times. Sometimes four and five. Like, they want all of your talents all at one time. Like, before we started recording, I was telling Khan about how I have a major, like, choreography conflicts coming up that I have to work through. So I all of a sudden have to become a manager to re- to schedule all this other stuff. And I'm still choreographing pieces right now to get through my December shows. Like, you have to do it all at one time. And a lot of times you get kids that graduate, move to the city... Oh, I'm a singer. Well, that's wonderful, but right now you got to kick it in the course for a while to and get some gigs under your belt, you know? It's interesting because college kind of pushes... It, it's like college is kind of slightly flawed that way because the professors are all... You have your dance professors, uh-huh. you have your acting professor, you have your singing professors. And you're going to get close with one of those professors, mm-hmm. and they're going to be your professor. So it's you almost have to try and get close with one of each section because if I like my freshman year I I wasn't close with any voice teachers Mm. and but like the dance teacher was like you're one of my like you're one of their kids like you're one of theirs you're one of mine and I that was super helpful for me I grew so much in dance and then the next year I was like I need to learn how to sing I have been told like my singing is what's holding me back from job and so I went in and I got close with a voice teacher and that was important to me like to like really like have like and uh, and in college if you ask for stuff and you show the like motivation they will help you out oh yes but i think that's the important thing you have to say is you gotta ask because i know that was my big thing is that i would always my frustration with my college program is that we were in t department housed in the school of music so I had more, I still have more musical training than I honestly feel is needed for a music theater 
per performer sometimes especially because i have no desire desire to write music or to be like a just just a singer like release the album i have that's never me i will do a dance concert before that but they were always um they were always very questionable when it's like oh why are you taking so many dance classes and i was like well because one i like dance two I like dance musicals, so it made it just it made sense for me to take so many dance classes or to counter and take as many dance and theater classes as I could. And they balanced out music and dance, but like it was very it was a lot of like angry calls with my advisor trying to plan being like, mm, I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take a six music theater class. I'm gonna take another dance class. Well, you already have one. Yeah, no, that's not, a, one's not enough. I need to keep my technique up and it's, I'm not going to get better if I'm sing, you know, if I'm only mm -hmm. singing and acting. So I think you're very right about that. You have to, you have to balance it because I know, again, just New, New York wants all of it. Like there yeah. are so many times where like, you'll go to a dance call and then the next day you'll be doing a singing call. The next day you're submitting a self tape for a film, you know, like it's very all of it at once. Um, you mentioned before when we were uh, before we started recording about just how bold everyone is in college and how that changes when they hit the city. How bold? Yes, they often. Explain a little more what you mean. Like I think the surefire I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna book it. The comp the confidence that a lot of kids have in college, they come to the city with was. They come here thinking they're the hot shit, and then reality sets in really hard mm -hmm. when they get here. Everybody gets a slap in the face. Even oh, if yeah. You, even if you've been warned, and you're, like, preparing for the slap <laughs> in the face for four years, you're still going to get slapped in the face. And, but just, and then because the thing of it is, I think the trick is that it come. you don't know when it's coming or how it's coming. And for some people, I do envy, because I feel like some people get here and book right away, and they're solid. And then it comes like two years after moving to the city or like mm -hmm. six months after moving to the city. You still have that moment where it just kind of hits you. Do you think that's, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Do you feel like I it's mean, one of those things where. I think, I think it's just because it happens to everybody and you don't like, it's hard to think of that when it's happening to you because you feel very alone when it's happening to you. Yeah. And it's like the that's most fair. isolating thing. But. I had, the, I had the worst day of my New York experience, I think, the first day I moved in. I was Everybody like, feels that way. I was, I was going to, it just did not go at all according to plan. And I realized that you don't see people as much as you do in college. And it's so different that way, like life-wise. But that's, that's actually something, my next little segue, I want to talk about. Like, the difference, how, how difficult is it? Like, cause see, I, so, um, for our listeners, I graduated college and was home. I had about four months of downtime and then I immediately went on tour for uh, a children's theater. So I never, like my transition into adulthood was, I was always with a lot of younger, young adults or young performers. So I didn't move to New York right away. I moved to New York at 25. So like I was good in my adulthood by the time I moved here. So my interactions were very different. Like I kind of had a network in New York already when I moved here. So how is it for you? Like, there's no more school. You're you're dealing with all the like. I'm a young adult. I living on my own. There's no more school. I was the second in my class. To and me. performing. So Ooh. it was. So like I, you kind of you get to the city, 
and you realize what kind. It, it's your chance to decide what kind of group you want to hang out with, and mm -hmm. you can make your own friend group. You're not forced to hang out with the same people yes. for four years anymore. It's like, it's a crazy thought, and it's super daunting, but it can be super beneficial if you just like mm -hmm. embrace it, and you kind of learn that. In order, like you, in order to hang out and be with people mm -hmm. that you want to be with, the best thing is to kind of develop a schedule for yourself. So I have friends that I see every Thursday at a dance class. Yeah. At four thirty, we I text them once a week. And I'm like, hey, are we going to class? And they say, yeah. And then we usually wind up hanging out for an hour or two afterwards, mm -hmm. and that's how I keep up with those friends. I go to a movie for five dollars at AMC. $5 movie nights on Tuesdays. Super nice in the city. Did not know that. It's hmm. super cheap because movies are expensive as heck here. Yeah, they are. And so I go to the movies every Tuesday night. And that's I usually go with the same type, like the same group of people to that. And so it's super easy to invite people to that because I know on Tuesday night I'm going yeah. to be there. Do you feel like the your friend groups are like... Do you feel like your career impacts your friend groups or reaching out to friends? Because I mean, you're like me. You've been in the, you've been doing this long enough. A lot. I'm sure a lot of your friends are performers. But like, do you feel like that's ever a complication with your friend groups? Is like I can't hang out because I do have an audition in the morning. There, there are some. I, I don't find that's a problem. I find people as performers. You have to figure out what works for you mentally mm -hmm. like I have I, I like to talk about what I what's up in my life a mm -hmm. lot and I like to discuss what I'm doing and that's hard to be friends with some people who don't are on a very different path than me mm -hmm. like say, say I'm always in dance calls for ensemble yeah which compared to a character actor who will have to go to like 30 auditions to make it to the final round because they have to get into the thing that they're perfect for yes that's I can right. fit I, I'll like if I if I'm like doing if I fit the level of, of a show I can make it through to the last part of an audition yeah. even if I'm not the correct type yes, and then they'll be true. like oh he's not the type that we want but like they'll keep me and I'll feel happy about how I did that day because <laughs> Because I I know they, it's very easy in those situations to get feedback from those mm -hmm. auditioners because you know oh they kept me so I was doing what I needed to and I'm mm -hmm. like the level that I need to for this level of work why whereas if I was going in for like a very specific role and I got turned away right away. I yeah. have no idea if I was because I sounded bad or if it was yeah. because I just don't look right for that. And just I'm not the generic there. no feedback. And I mean, so those fair. people are hard to... Like, I've, I've run into problems hanging out with um, some of my friends who don't want to hear about how mm -hmm. my day has gone because they've had a different day. I think that's... Yeah, that's, I do think that is a challenge that I know... Essentially, that's how mine and Danielle started the podcast, is because uh, out of all of out of my close friends, 
Danielle and I are the only ones that are like both teaching artists and performers. Mm-hmm. So like we constantly are popping in and out of both worlds. And so we do have days where like we are just dance teachers ranting about being dance teachers. And then we'll go take class or we're auditioning for something or we're running an audition and it's all like performer talk. And a lot of our friends get lost in the wayside of our kind of like the ping-ponging back and forth. Because I know a lot of times I'll say, I have a show. And my friends would be like, oh, how are your kids? I was like, oh, no, I'm actually in a show. It's me performing. And they was like, oh, okay. And then they'll be like, I have another show. Oh, when are you performing? No, it's my kids this time. Like, it's a lot of that ping-ponging back and forth is essentially why we sat down to start this. Because a lot of our friends don't get it. And Danielle's with you right away. You're like... Well, because it's the reality of, like, I know the big complication for me is that, like, depending on my day, I can teach, like... Fridays typically suck for me. I teach six dance classes. So I don't do anything on Friday. Friday, Friday six classes, Monday's five classes. I'm not a functioning human being when I get home after those days because those are very, very long days. And I'm teaching alternating subject matter as well. So I don't do a lot on those days. But if I'm in a show, I'm going to teach all day and then I have to go perform at night. Danielle totally gets that, but having, for me, I have friends that are only on the show schedule. So during the day, they're free. They want to go do stuff, and I'm like, no, I'm teaching. But then my teacher friends are free at night, and I was like, oh, let's go do something. I was like, no, I can't. I have rehearsal. So that complication, like, definitely can eat away at it. It doesn't, I don't think it ends friendships. You're still always friends. No, it won't end it, it but it just depends on who you're close with at that time. Like, Mm -hmm. at this time in my life, I think I'm closer with other people than I was... In like two years ago, I oh, was yeah. closer with a different group because we all had the same lifestyle, and yep. it made sense for us to be close. And now I'm closer with a different group because I have a different lifestyle. I think it's very true. Uh, but kind of segueing back into performing a little bit more, I want to talk about types. Do you feel like types are the guidelines or rules for types? Do you feel like that's more different? What am I trying to say? Do you feel like typecasting is more set in stone in college or in the professional world? Well, in college is an interesting thing because it's an educational opportunity. So Mm -hmm. you know that none of those professors picking the shows are like, you know what? I want to do Jesus Christ Superstar because I love Jesus Christ Superstar. They're like, I'm going to do Jesus Christ Superstar because I have a Jesus and a Judas. <laughs> yeah, that's they're true. Like, that's very true. They're not, like, not going to do it and or, be like, oh, wait, no, everybody in my school dances. Like, typ- you know, typically, like, the other way is like, wait, we have, a, we have who and who? Ugh, where can we make all these people? Jesus Christ, that's what we're doing. Because yeah. I can fit everyone into that show. That's typically they're the like, character. oh, we have a bunch of character actors and a bunch of, and we have some tappers who haven't played a part yet. We have... Um, a couple of people, dancers who haven't gotten a shine recently. Let's do the Drowsy Chaperone. And Yeah. But they're not going to just do, like, here in New York, they're doing Jesus Christ Superstar because they think they can make a lot of money with Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, like that's... And there are several Jesuses and Judases here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely, that's the thing about, I will say, with New York theater is that it's like, it, it'll be like, um... Huge money makers, or like the artistic director wants to do some obscure show, so you know it's one that's never done. Like what? Like Rob? Somebody did Robert Broadgroom, 
just do seven brides for seven brothers like it's such a weird like folksy type of show and i'm like if you just want to do a good folk like type of show there are so many others you could pick um but that's like the artistic director loves that show like i could make this a thing or is that, I, it's their favorite show that they did in high school or their mother took them to see it on Broadway a billion years ago so they love it. And so that's the show that's happening, you know? And so that's that random small show that's happening and then they'll be like, we're going to do Legally Blonde later because that's going to make all our money back. Mm-hmm. You know? So I definitely agree with that. So do you think that, do you think it's easier to get typed out here in the city? Um, I think it's, well, technically, Technically mm-hmm. wise, I don't think that's the smartest way to say that, but that wise <laughs> is, is uh, it's pretty easy to get, like, you, it's, some, it's something that you have to watch out for more as a non-equity mm-hmm. performer, because they don't have, they can literally just take your headshot and be like, oh, he's not with the look that I want. But true, which that's just on like a like on a technicality. But uh, I found I, f- I found if you can get past the first meeting, mm-hmm. it's easier in New York City to like bust out of a type almost because in school mm-hmm. they're like oh. Uh, Jackson is playing this part in the show and like even if I go in and I'm like I can play that part and I do it and I do it perfectly they're like but you're not Jackson and they're like Jackson's Jackson but here in New York if you go in and you get through and you're seen and they're like oh I wanted to have a tall and lanky guy play Lumiere and Beauty and the Beast and then you go in and you're short and like comedic and like ripping all over the place and they're like that's exactly what i knew i didn't want like that's that's exactly what i didn't know i wanted that's and like, true. that's very true i think yeah i do i will agree with you i think new york allows you to be new york in new york as a choreographer i'm okay with being surprised you know, I definitely know that me and Danielle were talking about this for a show that she the off-broadway show she did Oh, summer before last, last summer? I can't remember. But she, um, we were talking about the casting decision and they thought they had two of their leads done. And then callbacks, they saw them sing and dance and they were like, and it was like, ooh, maybe not. You know, like they, so I think the allowing yourself to be surprised definitely like plays a part in it. And I, I think that like typing yourself I've heard it's not always the best idea. Unless it's no. very clear. Ah, even when even it's very it's clear. Kind of whatever you think is best. The thing that I, what I have learned is that have other people, trusted people, don't let anyone uh, see our episode about bad advice, but tr- have trusted people tell you what type they think you are and compare that to how you feel is what I would say. Because I... I am only 5'11". Most people think I'm like 6'1", 6'2". And I go, literally, the, I remember the first time when somebody was like, oh my god, but you're so tall. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And they go, yeah, you are, Tony. You're like 6'1". And I'm like, guys, like, I promise you, like, you pull out the measuring tape, I'm only 5'11". 
but I've learned that my personality makes me feel like I'm I, I'm a bigger person and I eat up the room. And a lot of dancers are short for some reason. So a lot of times when I do get paired with other partners, I am with dancers that are shorter than me. So it's easier for me to lift. So a lot of times I do end up lifting in musicals and things like that just because that's how other people perceive me. But I don't, I don't feel tall, you know? It's one of those things like I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily feel tall. Um, or even like certain times I have people essentially typecast me wrong they were like leading man i'm like i am so a character actor sorry so i think it's a combination of how you feel and like what trusted people say they feel about you that will definitely mm-hmm. kind of pave the way for it it's kind of like you make you like what happens to you is your type like that's yes it's, it's like in college yes. everybody's like we need to figure out your type like i have a person come in and they're like you're the the youngling of the, our uh, The young ingenue. And then, you're, and then somebody else will be like, no, you're our bad boy Ugh. leading guy. And then they'll be like, no, you're the quirky sidekick. And then you're just like getting bounced around by all these people who are making it sound like a big deal. When in reality, you're just going to go into every audition you can when you get to the city. <laughs> because, and then they're going to be like, you're only booking character work and like then you can be yep. like well i guess like i can keep auditioning for the other stuff like that's not gonna hurt me but i'm booking the character work so like that's kind of technically my type i'd say well and it's also one of those things i think you brought up an interesting point of like it is just kind of what happens to you because also i know the thing that i i despise and it happens more so to women not so much to men but it does still happen to men is that like in college settings, you'll get a female character actress that always plays, like, the mom or the grandma. They play an older woman. And then they hit New York City where there are older women auditioning for these parts. So there's no need for them to mm-hmm. be... Like, you're 19. You don't look like a mom. And the professors would be like, just wait, and you'll grow into it. And you're like, no, they should be well, trying to... It's one of those things of, like... Play what your age. <laughs> Right, you have to play your age. And I think I often feel like a lot of girls are done a disservice where they dance, they perform in parts that are just way too older than them, you know? And, and the line of like, oh, wait, your turn. That's cool. But like, if you don't hit your type until you're 35 and you hit the city at 19, you know, to 19 or younger or 19 or slightly older, that's the, what are you doing in that in-between time? Also, you're a different, uh, the, the other girls who were the other type Mm-hmm. That you could be if you like go in for that stuff are gonna become the type that they're saying you should wait for. Right. <laughs> they're gonna have all the other roles underneath their belt. belt. So I think it's definitely one of those things of like typing, particularly in college, has to be with a grain of salt just because there are several roles that people in college told me I would play. And I'm like, I, me now at 29, I was like, yeah, no, that was stupid. There were some that were spot on, but there were one or two where I was just like, I don't, I don't, nope. Why? Why'd you have, why, why, why did we waste our time? Why did you think that? Why it, did we waste our time? It worked well for me in college because they, even if I was like angsty about it because I wanted to be treated like everybody else, that they always made me play the young guy. Mm. And now I'm in the city and I'm one of the younger guys. You are the so young like, guy. Yeah. 
So yep. I know I know how to play the young guy. That's right. And then I'll continue learning as I grow how to play the older guy. And it's one of those things of like I think I've mentioned on the show before. Um, a NYU professor that uh, did a workshop with me at my school in college, Judy Blazer. Um, she was like, I she Judy was like, I played a high school kid until I was like in my forties, and then she's like, I finally got wrinkles, and I was like, Yeah, I can be an adult now, because like she just looked, she was she is short and looked so young. She was like, You never like, I would try to go in for older parts, but she's like, I looked like a kid. She's like, so it just never worked for me to be older, you know? So she's like, I had to accommodate to my type, you know? But that being said, let's move right along to I'm sorry, what? And this segment is all about the funny, awkward, or ridiculous moments that we have as teachers and choreographers living here in the city. Um, do you have an I'm sorry, what for us this time around? I have one for my past as a performer. Yeah, go for it. Um, I was doing a show back in the day where... A, it was there was a guest artist and I was I was on stage specifically to catch the guest artist when they did a fainting bit mm-hmm. and the guest artist didn't have a lot of time to get to know us and sounds about right and so so this scene had been a little wonky every day it was mm-hmm. always like something was different about the fall and we realized and I the day that the funny thing happened. <laughs> she fell like 10 seconds early. It was oh. so early, I had to run and like slide in and catch her. She caught herself a little bit and I it was super stressful. Everybody on stage almost like shouted out in her. <laughs> there was a character that almost got broke character to go catch her himself. Oh wow. And <laughs> And it turns out that every single performance, the guest artist was trying to figure out how to do it a little better. And so she'd tell somebody that looks not really like me, Aww. but that she figures looks that was me, her new plan for the day. And every day he'd say, okay. <laughs> that guy's an asshole. That's what he is. Super nice guy. Love him. He's funny. But, <laughs> but he'd say, okay. And so that day she said, I'm going to fall right away today. And he said, sounds good. That's and just I was horrible. already on stage. Oh. oh it was a... That's I was so nasty. stressed. I like ran. That's but we saved her. I mean, that's good that she like <laughs> didn't hit the floor. But that's also like, he should have been like, you're not, I'm not the person you should tell. Like, it's yeah. not, it's not me. He's already, he could have did something. That's not fair. Um, He's smiling at me too from off stage. Oh, of course, because I'm sure it was hilarious, because, like, he doesn't care. He's he's not going to get yelled at by the stage manager. He had nothing to do with it, so there's no tie back to There him. you go. He was not connected. He wasn't even on the stage. That's so messed up. Um, my I'm sorry what moment for this week um, comes from being a teacher. So, um, Monday of this week, I woke up with last week? Last week. I don't know when this episode's airing. So it happened. I woke up with a horrendous headache and I like took medicine and then was like, cool, I need to go. Like I have two hip hop classes I have to get through. You can do it. I get to work and my first class is like, they're all ninth and 10th graders. So they're super quiet. They were great. Like I was able to get through class and be fine. Like I even started like a new combo that I like pre-planned to start teaching them. 
Then I get to my second class, which is juniors and seniors, and I'm like, my head is like throbbing at this point. I'm like, there's no way I can get through this. Like, I just need to like sit, do nothing. They'll have a free day. Mind you, as a dance teacher, I do not believe in free days. Like I just, it's wasted time on a very tight schedule. And again, shows are in December. So I go, it's a free day. I'm gonna play a little music, but like sit with yourselves, keep it down. Tell me why that is the day that my assistant principal decides to walk into the room. And so she walks into the room, she goes, why is no one dancing? Why are there no desks or chairs? Nothing is moved. And she's like going on this whole rant. And my, my head is killing me as I'm sitting at the teacher desk. So the whole time she's screaming, my like head is like flashing. And I'm like, oh, great. So not only is like, I'm about to die over here, I'm about to get into so much trouble. But all my students know this. I told them, I said, I don't feel good. Like we're just relaxing today. I tell you what, we did, we checked, I just finished the edit for them. So we checked the edit and then they were sitting down. So she finishes like this five minute like monologue of being like all the things that are wrong with this room right now. And then the kids are like, but he doesn't feel good. And she turns around to me, who's like about to break down crying because I just don't feel good. Sorry. It was either like they do nothing or a call out of work. And so she sees like how grossly I look. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. And just walks out the room. And I'm like, you were just like ripping me apart essentially for not teaching. So yeah, that's, we've talked about this before on the show. Being a teacher and being sick does not always work out very well. But let's move right along to our class shoutouts. Um, I can start with my shout out this week. I had the chance to take a um, class with the Civilians uh, here in New York City. And Civilians is a theater company. So I've been doing a lot of music theater lately. Um, and I got to work with the Civilians and they do interview-based theater or divisive theater where they interview people, collect their stories and turn it into uh, a piece. Um, shows like A Chorus Line are built that way. They recent, The civilians themselves recently did um, Gone Missing this past summer. Uh, even shows like What's on Broadway with uh, 9-11, Come From Far Away, is also built off divisive theater. Like they interviewed the people in Newfoundland that took in, I got two or three airplanes that oh, got grown. A lot more than that. Yeah. It was like... Their whole airstrip was... Oh, that's right. It was like... It was like th like a thousand people yeah. into this, like, a hundred... This per, tiny like, There were town. only a hundred people living in this town, and it wound up being, like, a thousand. Yeah. So, like, uh, essentially, they when they started grounding planes after 9-11, all these people ended up stranded in Newfoundland. Um, and so they interviewed people there, and they created the show Come From, uh, Come From Far Away. So that, that type of theater and that type of work, I literally did that workshop yesterday with them. Um, so it's, it's cool to see even how like dance can be used to tell stories. Cause like the part that I worked on yesterday was about like a teacher shared a story about um, little kids in shadows. So I got to like create like a dance based off like shadow puppets. So that was really cool. Um, so yeah, that's my shout out for this week. What about you, Kyla? Um, well, I mentioned earlier about the class that I go with all my, with some friends to once a week. Yeah. Uh, it's with Al Blackstone at Steps. Nice. It's, what time does he teach? It's at 4.30, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I usually go on Thursdays because it just, I, Tuesday's my laundry day. <laughs> um, Fair. But it is, it's kind of the perfect environment for me. Mm-hmm. After like working on other things 
for the week. It's it starts out with a relaxing warm up that really calms me down and gets me into the room nice. and out of my head, and then it moves into all, it it moves into a challenging dance that I don't feel discouraged from either. Nice. What style does he teach? He teaches musical theater jazz. Music theater jazz. It's nice. Advanced intermediate. Advanced Intermediate. Cool. Nice. So if you're in New York City and you said this is at Steps? Yeah. If you're at Steps in New York City, come take class with him. I've heard his subs are also great. Nice. That's always good. Well, that's it for this episode. The curtain has closed, but we hope that you will join us next week and every week after that. Um, We want to say a special thank you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you guys. We actually recently busted over 2,000 listeners, um, and our monthly total has, like, increased every month since we started this whole shebang so we definitely want to say a thank you to you guys episodes come out every tuesday you can find us on itunes podbean spotify iHeartRadio, and google play music and you can like comment and subscribe on itunes spotify and google play music you can find us on instagram and twitter on point pyt we're also on facebook at point your toes you can also email us at pytnyc29 at gmail.com Colin, why don't you tell the people where they can find you on your um, social you media? You can media's. find me on Instagram at, at Colin underscore Lemoyne and at my website www.colinlemoyne.com. And I hear that you are currently in a show right now. Yes, I am performing in Annie out in Deal, New Jersey. Nice. At the Axelrod Performing Arts Center. We're in our final weekend. Nice. So you guys have shows. What days this weekend? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, two Saturday, and then Sunday's sold out. Nice. So Sunday's already showed out. And so if you're in the Jersey area, that is November 15th, 16th, and 17th. So this might be airing after it. We're not sure. Um, but if you are around, or maybe you know you have a follow-up chance to see the performances out in that area, or maybe you're already in the audience. It's a, gr- it's a great new theater in New Jersey there. Really working on building it up. Nice, that's good. They do a lot of big shows where they bust people in from the city. Nice. So who knows? Maybe you'll be joining them next time on stage. Uh, That's it for me, guys. I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. See you next week on Punch Your Toes, the adventures of the NYC Dance Stage.